My name is Kayla, and you're listening to The Inkwell. Hi there, and welcome to episode three. I can't believe we're already here. I feel like I just came up with this podcast like a few days ago, even though it's been several weeks now. So it's pretty cool to have the momentum on this podcast and that you're here listening. Um, I'm so grateful for that. And so if this is your first time, welcome. Really excited you're here. If you've been here for the last couple, welcome back. This week, I'm going to be talking about why I don't offer brand naming as a service anymore. But first, I'll talk about the business. We'll do some of our segments that we usually do. So to be honest, I don't have a lot going on this week. Just the usual, you could say. I'm working on client projects, and these days, Mondays have become a little bit of a CEO day for me. I find myself organizing in my business, writing this podcast, and planning ahead for the week. I'm not someone who makes my days in really defined buckets. I try to be one of those people that's like, Monday is this, Tuesdays are this. But if I'm honest, I just don't really work that way. I need structure, but I have to have fluidity too. I can't box myself in. And for a long time, I thought that meant something was like wrong with me. Uh, I saw people kind of sorting their weeks and even their hours into perfect buckets. And I felt a little bit crazy seeing that. I think that's why I used to work like on nights and weekends, even when I didn't really want to because I found it hard to fit in a so-called like box. If you knew me back then, I was really hectic. I used to work, you know, late at night. I'd work on weekends. It was completely unsustainable and it kind of just, it was really discouraging for a while. And recently I was talking to my family and, you know, I was telling them that, you know, I I I work normal business hours now and they were, you know, really pleased and really surprised that, um, you know, I set those boundaries now. I work during the day. I don't work on weekends. And this is something I've sustained for quite a while now. And just the change is, I mean, it's on the nose, but it's literally night and day. I've gotten to a point where I'm not just constantly burned out. I'm finding that I have the fuel and I have the energy for things. It just makes such a difference. It takes a while to find, you know, how you work best and what makes the most sense for your business. So when you find it, it's it's really gratifying. So keep going if that's you. And something they said, something my family said, they were like, wow, I'm really proud of how far you've come. And I'm so glad they saw that as something to be fr- proud of. You know, too often in our world, you know, with hustle culture as it is, we don't really see this as a win. Like, you know, I'm for getting it done, making it happen. But It's not worth it if you have to stress out all the time. Something I realized too is that, you know, if I could theoretically always work, I mean, if there's, there's kind of like no bounds on time, there's, there's no urgency to really get anything done. I could just procrastinate endlessly. And even if I wasn't working, I would weirdly still feel like I was working, you know, like those moments when you're sitting on the couch and you're like, oh, you know, I should be relaxing and tuning out, but I'm all I'm doing is thinking about work. So maybe this is a future episode, who knows? But anyways, all this to say, it's exciting when you don't have, you know, like drama in your business, things are working, you're flowing, things are getting done. And, you know, that's the dream. It's not much more than that. So, so, you know, we're doing good right now. Uh, This week, I'm particularly excited. I mean, this is kind of silly, but I'm excited. I got a new office chair. So if you've been on my newsletter, you know me, you may know I have like an undying love for Rifle Paper Company. I buy so many things from there. Notebooks, phone cases. I have an AirPods case. I have lanyards for both like my keys and my phone. Like 
if you name it, I've probably bought it or thought about buying it. I am just obsessed with Rifle, Rifle Paper Co. But this week, something really special just got delivered to my house. We just set it up, um, and it's a desk chair from them. And just if you're curious, this is not some like random sales pitch or affiliate thing. I really do just love them. So to give you a little bit of background, I've had the same office chair for like four years. I got a Magnolia home chair from RC Willie's clearance room for like $39. I was always weirdly proud of it because it usually retails for around $300. And I just got a great deal on it. It's a black lacquered wood chair with a low back that kind of wraps all the way around. You know, it has a certain elegance. It's pretty much like a dining chair. It's not really made to be an office chair. It doesn't have wheels. It doesn't have a soft cushion on it. So it's something I had to get a cushion for because it's kind of a hard chair. But, you know, still for so long, I had a sentimental attachment to it. I got it at around the same time that I got my desk, you know, right at the beginning of my business. And I felt kind of guilty about wanting to replace it, even though, you know, I realized I'm not 100% comfortable in this chair all the time, even though this is a chair I use every day. And then I finally decided, you know what, I'm going to get a pretty office chair. And this one from Rifle Paper Co. was just calling my name. I've been eyeing it since it came out. I want to say that was sometime last year. But finally, my husband was like, you know, this is a business expense. You know, you, you, you could do it. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I can do it. So... <laughs> You know, it's funny, I've invested in other things, but investing in like a comfier, prettier office chair just was not hitting my list for the longest time. And I finally did, and I'm really excited about it. So if you're curious about what I'm up to this week, it's putting an office chair together and, you know, squealing about how cute it is. <laughs> so I'm just loving it. It's very comfortable. As far as books, we'll get into books. Um, I am currently reading my 12th book of the year. I'm very, very close to being done. I've been reading this one on my phone in iBooks. It says I'm 95% done, so I'm really, really close. I'm reading 112263 by Stephen King. It's about a teacher in 2011 who time travels back to the 1960s to stop Kennedy's assassination. It's a really long book. I mean, I'm talking like 800, 900 pages. Um, but it's it's been nice. I've been reading it on my phone, just kind of, you know, in between things, you know, instead of kind of scrolling mindlessly, I've been trying to replace that with more intentional habit. I love reading as it is. So if I'm going to be on my phone, I'd rather be reading. Also, I bought it while I was on an airplane. I'm trying to remember if that was last weekend or the week before. So, you know, I was like, okay, I'll go ahead and finish it on my phone. But yeah, it's really, it's really, really great. I don't want to give too much away. There's a lot of great character development, storytelling, time travel fun. I always love time travel books. So if you're the same way, you've been kind of looking for a fun time travel book, or you think the 60s are, you know, an interesting time period, um, this is definitely a good book. I'm new to reading anything from Stephen King. I've only read his writing craft book. I read that like years and years ago in college. But otherwise, I haven't read his other novels, but this one just really appealed to me because I love time travel. So definitely fun read. Definitely enjoying it. Uh, yeah, and I'm on book number 12. So, so far, so good on the reading goals. And so maybe you'll like it too. So anyways, are you ready for this week's topic? Um, so let's get into this week's conversation, which is all about why I don't offer brand naming anymore. So to be honest, I still get inquiries about naming and sometimes I think I'm going to regret kind of broadcasting this, but if I'm really honest with myself, there's a really good reason I don't offer brand naming anymore and I feel it's an aligned choice. 
I talked about it on an earlier episode how, you know, I'm kind of a manifesting generator. I have to test decisions out in my gut if something is a hell no for me. I know from learning the hard way, from, you know, you know, not listening to it, just kind of ignoring my feelings. I've learned I need to honor my feelings instead of ignoring them. And I think this is really true in business, you know, especially as a small business owner, kind of honoring those feelings, listening to yourself. If you're like, I don't feel good about offering the service anymore. It's not something I want to do. I'm just losing the love for it. I don't know if it's the best solution. You know, like it, it's good to be honest with yourself. It's good to offer things that you know, only the best, most aligned offers that you can be known for. Um, And, you know, that's really important as a service provider. You know, funnily enough, in a few weeks, I'm hoping to have a client of mine who did book my naming service. We successfully renamed her business. It's an amazing project. You know, we had also worked on brand messaging and website copywriting, and it was just an awesome, awesome project. And after I worked on that, you know, things fell into place so perfectly with that one. I was like, wow, I can help other people name their businesses. And I just got really fired up about it. I created a little description for the naming service and posted it on my services page. And, you know, I ended up getting inquiries from people, you know, pretty quickly. And I was excited to see they were, you know, good inquiries from ideal clients that I wanted to work with. You know, I was also getting inquiries from designers looking to kind of help their clients. You know, they didn't necessarily offer that and thought it'd be cool to partner with a copywriter. You know, and I was like, that's really cool. That's a good idea. You know, it was really interesting to see how people responded and they responded pretty well to this offer and how, you know, simply sharing that I had this offer like did translate to more inquiries and interest and occasionally sales, which isn't always the case. I mean, I've tried other offers before that, you know, didn't necessarily do quite as well, didn't have as much interest. And that's something I think you do as a service provider. You kind of have your main signature offers. Sometimes you go out and test other things. Sometimes things work. Sometimes they don't. I think it's definitely important to normalize that testing process, you know, even like the further you get into business, like trying things and seeing what works and seeing what resonates with your audience and what you love to offer is really important. So this is something that I regularly do in my business. I like to test different offers or different presentations of offers to see what the response is and kind of consider if it's either something I'd like to add to my offer suite, if I want to drop it entirely, if I want to, you know, make tweaks or adjustments. And dropping it entirely just ended up being the choice that I made with brand naming. I found a few things that frustrated me with it. One, that I didn't always get people wanting to book the service. And upon hearing that, some people would probably say to me, well, it's a marketing problem, as in you're not marketing this aggressively enough, and maybe. But what I usually found is that naming a brand is so personal. The person either ends up kind of ultimately doing it themselves naming their business with their own name because it's more of a personal brand or not making the change at all after some reflection. You might also say this is a positioning problem or maybe as I concluded, it's a case of me not loving it enough, maybe even a product market fit kind of thing. Like my ideal audience, you know, wasn't necessarily responding to it in the way that I was hoping. I found that people weren't particularly inclined to pay as much for this service, and that's probably because with a naming service, you're getting a name, whereas with a messaging or copywriting service, you're getting actual writing that can be applied across platforms and within your business. It kind of has a more immediate translation to conversions and sales. So I kind of can't blame them for struggling to see why they want or need to invest money into this. And, you know, sometimes that can come down to client education. 
I have a freebie that's all about that. It's something I'll link in the show notes. If you're hearing this, you're kind of reflecting over your offers and thinking, you know, I'm having some similar issues with an offering of mine. I'm wondering if I should keep it or if I should dump it for something else. You can kind of troubleshoot that offer and see why people are saying no instead of hell yes, um, because there's various reasons why that could be the case. And you can kind of figure that out by working on the messaging for the offer. So go ahead and check out the show notes if that's something you're thinking about yourself. But anyways, so theoretically, a name is a really enduring concept. It's something that this business owner would ideally carry with them for possibly decades if they're in it for the long haul. And I have heard of people charging quite a bit for these services. In fact, I read a book by an acclaimed naming strategist that made me really excited. I was, I I read this book. I can't remember when this was, but I was like, this is going to be the future of my business. I'm going to name all these amazing things. I got really excited about it because her business is just so cool. She names things for big name companies, household names, and it's all she does. She is known for this. How cool is that? So I'll link this book in the show notes as well. It's called My Name is Awesome by Alexandra Watkins. In the book, she has a really amazing signature process that she walks through to help you ensure that you come up with a strong, purposeful name for your brand, product, or anything you need a name for, really. I mean, it doesn't even matter what you're naming. Whatever that thing is, you could name it using this book. So now, instead of trying to get people to hire me for naming, I just tell them about this book. (laughs) With naming, there's so much pressure on coming up with that perfect name that will make the business owner be like, that's my concept, I'm marrying this concept, I'm keeping it forever, because the name really has to have longevity. And with my naming services, and probably with others who offer it, you know, ideally you go through a sort of research and ideation process, you offer names and let them into the brainstorming process. You can kind of do like what you do with the tagline brainstorm. For example, if the business owner wants some kind of theme, you might come up with some names focused on different facets of the theme and maybe even some things outside of the theme too so they can see some comparisons. Like if the business business owner said, you know, it needs to be nautical, but I don't want it to be obvious, you know, anchors away or whatever. You might want to dig into the metaphors of the sea, go a little bit deeper, go past kind of the obvious and the superficial and try to come away with something unique and creative. This involves a lot of digging around in this thesaurus, testing out ideas on other people and just kind of playing with variations and different types of names too, because something to keep in mind with names as well is like you could have a one word name. It could be a phrase. It could start with the get in with co which mine does both of those but yeah it's like there there could be so many different formats of names too so that's something to consider as well and what your general kind of brand vibe and message is you know those things will have to align together then you want to check for things like social media handles domain names trademarks you know just to make sure other businesses especially others in that space or adjacent don't have dibs on that name so then i you know present all those concepts sometimes i had times where people would be like oh i love these concepts and we just do little tweaks other times you know i think once or twice i had people who were like "Mm, i don't really like these names and, you know, just not sure if they were feeling it, wanted to see alternatives, understandably, because a name is a really important thing. If you don't feel connection to it, it's like you can't force that connection. And it's something that you are going to be for go forward as and be known for for years to come. So it's not the kind of thing that you want to be on the fence about. So, you know, I brainstorm more and more and more names. 
And sometimes what I'd find, I think what can happen in the brainstorming process, it's easy to get more confused and then you kind of struggle to know what the right name is. You may have a pile of good names. They all seem really great. You may have a pile of lukewarm names and you're kind of going, you know, are people going to respond to this? And, and you're kind of stuck in the weeds of the naming process. On my last naming project, I was working on it with another copywriter who was on my team last year. We were messaging each other in Slack and she was kind of like, this project broke you, didn't it? And it kind of did. I mean, there's nothing particularly, you know, bad about the naming process. But at the end of the day, I think I sat with myself and really realized that my passion, my zone of genius, my strength, what I'm really, really good at for clients is messaging and copywriting and not naming. So it's fun to brainstorm, give ideas, look things over, but I don't like the pressure or stakes that come with choosing someone's business name. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm an English major, I'm a pro with the thesaurus, but something I realized is that there's so much more to naming than even just diving into the concepts. So I'll tell you all day, you know, I love copywriting. I feel like a pro in that area, but I just don't book naming services anymore because I know what I like to do. I know who I like to work with and I want to serve my clients at the highest level. So I don't want to offer a service that I don't feel good about. So I don't offer it anymore. So I'm curious after listening to this episode, you know, do you have services that you used to offer that you no longer offer as part of your suite? Is there anything that you're testing out and kind of thinking over? So go ahead and share that with me over on Instagram and tell me what you thought of this episode. So follow me at theliterary.co and send me a DM. I'm so excited to hear from you, hear what you thought about this episode, what you want to see around here next time. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and hear when episodes drop. See you next time.